0: Welcome to BFC Live, the daily video and podcast series of Business of Cannabis. BFC Live highlights the company's brands, people, and trends driving the global cannabis sector. Learn more at businessofcannabis.ca. Our guest today on BFC Live is Dennis Adigamov of the CanDelta team. We wanted to connect with him today to talk about security considerations up and down the cannabis supply chain. Thanks for being here, Dennis.
1: No problem, Jay. Happy Monday.
0: Happy Monday to you. Uh, We like to start off many Mondays with the team from Can Delta because we get lots of questions. We have lots of questions. You guys get lots of questions, but the difference between you getting them and us getting them is you actually have answers. And so we got a slew of questions about security in cannabis. And the questions come in around security around retail, security around cultivation, I mean, sometimes security around actually moving product, but you've been working on security plans for some time. Like I wanted to get your thoughts, your thinking, how you approach it. Is that okay?
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, let's be honest. You got to know how to protect your stash, right? This is the <laughs> cannabis space.
0: You do. And it's not as easy as like getting a padlock, obviously. And I know, um, the requ- you know I know the most famous requirement that went away was like a vault many years ago, like a huge, <laughs> massive vault. But like, A, people still have vaults, but the vaults have changed shape and sizes and now we have retail too. Like when you approach it, like what are you thinking about?
1: I've been helping clients work on their security designs for the last years and I've developed some philosophies and considerations during that time that I want to talk about. First, there's about three main ways that security is implemented. One would be through visual surveillance cameras to record video. Two would be our intrusion detection system So that could be your motion sensors, your glass break sensors, door contacts. And these are all devices that tell you if there's an intruder. And then the third way we have security implementation is through access control. Uh, The most basic of which would be uh, key locks, but also this can be done using pin pads and card readers. When we're talking about security, let's start off on the retail side. In Ontario, there's not too much that's required, really. The bare minimum would be having your security cameras and the secure storage, the retail space, and the age gate area. And it's enough to have just key locks for access control. But let's be honest, would you be comfortable holding over $100,000 of product behind cameras and keys only? I would not be. (laughs) Yeah, me too. My own personal stash has better security. (laughs) Um, I usually advise those retail clients to also at least secure their perimeter. So that would be door contacts and all the exterior doors to alarm in case somebody's trying to break through them and glass break sensors on your on your windows with security film as well. You can also have motion sensors uh, to protect the perimeter. But that more so depends on the individual's risk tolerance and how much they can afford. It's not a bad idea, but it's not a requirement. Right. In terms of access control, I'm not a huge fan of key locks, um, especially for doors that are accessed by a lot of employees. So this could be a door like a staff entrance, a secure storage or a door into a common staff only area. If one employee loses a key, you're stuck replacing all of those locks. right? So fobs end up being cheaper in the long run. Usually security systems for retails can cut, can vary from $10,000 to $50,000 or so, depending on the size and extent of security that the individual might want. But the next step up from retail would be your federal cannabis license holders. So that's your cultivators, processors, your nurseries. That's a big deal. (laughs) The price goes up considerably from 10 and 50 up into the six and seven figures I'd imagine. Well, it does, but it doesn't always have to, and you might be a bit surprised for the micros on the nurseries, but the first thing, whenever I start working um, with a federal license holder is you need to determine what your site perimeter is. Now, most of the time that's like the building envelope, the walls of the building. Sometimes that could just be a section of the building if there's multiple tenants. Um, but it could also be a fence perimeter uh, for outdoor grows. But it's really important to consider what you define as a site perimeter because that's where your first ring of security starts. Health Canada pushes this concept of rings of security and it's something that I also keep in mind when I work on security designs. And in terms of complexity for these uh, security systems, the micros um, and the nurseries, they have very few requirements. So, Really what they need is a physical barrier for the site perimeter, which I said is usually the building or a fence for an outdoor grow and they need a physical barrier for the secure storage. Now, following that rings of security concept, ideally your secure storage should be near the middle of the facility with a convenient route to your shipping and receiving day for deliveries. And the only other requirement is that those micros and nurseries require access control. But like I said, it can be accomplished with just a lock and a key and it would be acceptable, but it isn't really advised for the reason I mentioned earlier. You don't wanna be stuck replacing all those locks. All the time, right? Yeah, and that will happen all the time. So, They don't even need cameras or intrusion detection for these micros and nurseries. But let's be real. If you don't install any of these things, you're gonna have a bad time when it comes around to reporting to Health Canada. Most deaths do occur internally. That's why it's imperative that they also have uh, sufficient visual monitoring in the secure storage, right? That's where the product is going to be stored. That's where uh, it's moving in and out of most often. And we also advise that they install visual cameras in the shipping and receiving date to capture any of the transfer that occurs. Now, although intrusion detection isn't required, I still highly always suggest having that perimeter intrusion detection. You want to know if someone's trying to break in before they actually get where they're trying to get to, right? You need that extra time. So like I mentioned, perimeter intrusion detection, that's your door contacts in the doors, glass break sensors, security film and motion sensors. When we're talking about the, the big security systems, that's when you're talking about the standard licenses, standard cultivators and processors. They need complete visual monitoring of the exterior perimeter. So when we have that site perimeter that I mentioned, they'll need complete um, visual monitoring outside of it, around it. They need complete interior motion capture and visual coverage (laughs) of the operation rooms. And I want to be specific with these definitions of operation rooms. cannabis terms it's a room where there are cannabis activities going on Uh, so that could be trimming uh, packaging and extracting but it doesn't include grow rooms so to clarify you need complete interior visual capture of your operation rooms not including your grow rooms those ones don't need visual and motion capture inside because you know there's flowing wind and plants and that can set off false alarms but they need the cameras outside of the rooms to capture people going in and out Jeez. yeah
0: um, i'm just thinking about the storage bills of the of all the data
1: yeah i mean it's not it's not that bad usually it's a lot of cameras depending on the racking system that's involved you can also use seismic sensors to do the perimeter of the secure storage, but they also need intrusion detection on the site perimeter right. Uh, Often um, this is done through motion sensors that's how I usually do it for my clients having motion sensors covering the interior perimeter. Mm -hmm. Um, But for an outdoor grow where there's a fence that is being defined as your site perimeter, you could use something like a microphonic fence sensor that can tell when someone is trying to cut through or climb it. Mm -hmm. Some common issues that I've experienced with um, these cannabis company security systems is that they might be poorly focused. You know, they might have a floor plan that isn't necessarily efficient and requires extra security features just to stay within technical requirements for compliance. I find that a really simple layout is having a corridor that goes to cannabis operation rooms on either side. You know, simple and effective. Another common issue that I see is over compliant facilities where they have way too many cameras, way too many access controls. You know, you don't need a card reader going in and out of every single room or even out of in and out of every single operation room. For the operation rooms you need to have the access control going in there that would be your card reader but going out you can have something like a request to exit motion sensor Uh, for reference that's what opens the doors when you're leaving a walmart
0: yeah
1: you walk up to it doors open it doesn't open for you in these cannabis companies but it'll unlock the door right 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 Um, The only room that really does need to have the access control in and out would be the secure storage. And it's just easier because it does automatically log everyone that's coming in and out of the rooms, which Mm -hmm. is required. Um, And then there are some uh, business owners that do want to know exactly when certain people leave their buildings so they might want to have an out on their staff entrance side Mm -hmm. Hmm. Um, this is a really important thing to keep in mind because if you have all these card readers for example and i've seen this in a lot of companies that have card readers in and out of every single room you need to have a lot more door controllers to control them and things can get really really pricey with that (laughs) something else that Um, required for standards, but not really for micros, is uh, having separate security partitions. So what that means is splitting the security of your site into zones, such as an office security zone, operations uh, zone, your perimeter security, and your secure storage. So in practical terms, what that means is if somebody needs to go to the office they'll go and they'll have to disarm the general office security so they don't think someone's breaking in. Right. But that would have no effect on the security devices and the secure storage or the site perimeter. Right, Because of zones, yeah. Yeah. Now I'm thinking about all the places that I've been and how
0: this all make, now now I understand what's going on, why we have to swipe on some doors and why some doors once you get in some places are, yeah, it's, it's interesting. And I'm sure people who are listening to this who
1: are not as attuned to it as you and the team at Can Delta now understand it a lot better. Well, I'd hope so. A a lot of it does come down to like the technicalities of the type of space, you know, an operations area versus a general area. Um, In terms of costs, it can vary so greatly. Like for the micros and the nurseries, there were pretty minimal requirements. So it could start at somewhere like say $50,000 and it can easily go over a million dollars depending on the scale of the license and the size of the facility. Really having a good security system design from the start goes a long way in case you ever do have to deal with an investigation And it could even help save you from liability by having your records in check. And if you ever actually want to expand, you know, like expand your site's uh, perimeter and so on to allow more activities, it's way easier to integrate new devices and zones into a well-designed facility rather than a poor one. Like anything else almost. Yeah. Yeah. And... You mentioned the vaults and stuff. So that was actually from the previous physical security directive for controlled substances. Now we see actually uh, they don't require those vaults anymore for uh, the general cannabis licenses, but now with the upcoming psychedelics market and the interest in these dealers licenses, this is becoming a relevant topic again. So Drugs that contain cannabis and those controlled psychedelics uh, substances, those do fall within those physical security directives, which have very specific requirements on those huge, expensive vaults and safes. So, you and those requirements vary a lot depending on how much product you actually want to store and what product it is. You need to consider both the quantity and its value to determine the specific level of security that's needed. There's actually 11 levels.
0: <laughs> yeah. It was like a pretty, compu- uh, a big math problem. Like you get one, one from column A, two from column B and multiply it together and you get this number and that's how big your vault needs to be or something like that.
1: That's actually oh. exactly it <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, if people are interested in, in getting a dealer's license and enter the psychedelics market, you know, we're, a, we at Ken Delta are more than happy to help with that licensing process, getting the security in place and building out the general facility.
0: A good, because people need help. I mean, just even hearing, you know, the nursery and the micro, the bigger facilities, and then in the bigger facilities, sort of the perimeter and then the interior and the zone and the, and the working rooms and the grill rooms, like it is not easy. And, and there's the balance of like, obviously compliance as being the, the, the floor, but the ceiling needs to be, where you feel comfortable are sort of the, the assessed risk. And that, that changes by facility, by location, by team, by what product you have, by how much. And that I think takes people like CanDelta that have seen it all or close to it all and understand sort of how regulators look at it, how companies are looking at it and put people in sort of in the right sort of category and place.
1: Yeah, I, I think like the biggest thing I see is inefficient systems. And these inefficiencies end up giving you costs in time and time is money.
0: Yeah, yeah. And then look, all these people are rushing to get to market like that. The, everybody's trying to get their facilities up and the security in place and get the licensing so they can get product out the door and product out the door every day that's not out the door is is just, you're just spending money on all the things, right? Well, Correct. Dennis, I really, I really appreciate sort of you walking us through sort of the thought processes certainly on retail micro nursery and then sort of bigger facilities as well because I think it's helpful to have that base of knowledge as you sort of enter the space or operating the space to see what some of your uh, people you're talking to are dealing with on a regular basis.
1: I really appreciate um, you taking the time to talk with me. It's been a lot of fun. Always happy to chat with you. Uh, Let me know if there's anything else.
0: I will. I absolutely will. I don't need security in my basement, but I will let you know (laughs) as questions come in around security.
1: Thanks, Dennis. No problem,
0: Jay. That was Dennis Adigamov of the CanDelta team. If you like this podcast, please rate and review our show. Thank you for joining us on B of C Live today. We're able to do what we do thanks to our ongoing partners, including Cannabis at Work, Cannabis Benchmarks, CanDelta, Headset, Gallagher, and and Maine.